Hello Coconuts, welcome to another weekly episode where we scour the net to find worthy financial news for you. This week, three stories we decided to go with a few different type of stocks. A bit of diversity for you guys, hopefully you guys will like it. Don't worry, it's not about budget or anything. <laughs> We're going to focus a bit more on there. There's a lot of budget fatigue, I'm sure. But do listen to our other podcasts if you're looking at the budget as well. So for this week, we're going to focus on Airbnb. They've had a stellar quarter. Why is this a good time to invest? Is it on the way up or is it already up? DBS earnings, right? How, how are they doing? Any exposure to Adani? Any exposure to a few risks given that they had a good year? And last but not least, Hutchinson Port. What's next with them? Who are they? Is this an opportunity to invest in Hutchinson Port? All this and more coming right up. Let's get to it. Hello, Coconuts. Welcome to another weekly episode with me, Rakesh. And Anthony, welcome to the week after Valentine's Day. Hey! And, and after budget, that's the most important. Yes, after budget. We're not going to talk about budget today, right? No, lah, I think we'll leave that to, to Reg and the teams to, to be going on. In, uh, know, my, my whole TFC podcast is like budget, 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 budget. <laughs> like, go la, la. Enough, enough. You know? um, it's only so much, bros. <laughs> yes uh, Reggie if you hear this I'm sorry but yes <laughs> had to find a new new horse to beat <laughs> soon soon yeah and so yes we will not be talking about budget in the meantime there are a few earnings calls that came out actually today three stories two continents technically yeah. one China one Singapore and, and one, one Singapore yes. story yes, right? yes yes brilliant yes. Anthony and his Singapore stocks um, okay, so we're gonna kick things off. Hey, coconuts. you said you wanted to be boring, right? Come, hey, let me teach fine, you about boring. Fine, sure, sure. Just you know, let, let me fall asleep. Like boring stocks, uh. not boring content. Yeah. <laughs> hey, coconuts, if you guys are listening and you're listening to us to go to sleep, can you please let us know as well? <laughs> I want to just show this in and shove this in Anthony's face. <laughs> Hey, but it's good, right? It means our click-through rates don't drop. It's that hundred percent true that episode. retention rate because people slept already. Retention rate is yeah. great. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Please listen to us and fall asleep. Why, why don't you have the whole playlist and you just listen to the entire playlist through the eight hours? I think that's the best way to do it. Well done. Uh, okay, coming back to it. Three stories. We're going to kick things off with Airbnb. We're going to then touch on DBS earnings. And last but not All least, right. Hutchinson Port, which is based in Shenzhen and Hong Kong. But Singapore listed. But Singapore listed, yes. And you can buy in US dollars. So it's mm-hmm. very weird. <laughs> this is weird, yes. So I think with that one, it's pretty interesting. We're going to save that story for last. We kick things off right. with Airbnb, which is... Well, I tell you what, it's been, a, it's been a while since we talked about these guys. We talked yeah. about them letting go of people during COVID. They talked about themselves wondering if they can survive during all that times. And now, look at them. Right, I wanted to buy them. Uh. Wait, wait, wait for price drop, price drop, price drop, price never drop. Kanasai. <laughs> Very angry. <laughs> and speaking of which, they have had a stellar quarter. Stellar quarter. Yeah. The headline was... Price what, went up. Yeah. Uh. What, was the, what was the headline? Uh, a breath of fresh Airbnb. Sorry, that, 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 that's your headline, right? No, no, no. It, it's, I've seen that across multiple sources. Oh, so the bad research. writing isn't only you. It's it's someone else. <laughs> Some of these notes are not mine, yes. <laughs> I so, see. Yes. <laughs> so, 
exactly that. No, um, we we what what did you do to, uh, this past year, Anthony? Did you do any revenge traveling? Yeah, I traveled, but not staying at Airbnbs. Mm. I think. Yeah, why? Uh? Oh, because I wanted to go to a nice resort and a nice hotel. There we you know, go. After so long, good. And I did want to like clean up after myself, right? I I do that <laughs> at home. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's fine. You know, I, I go on holiday. I come back. People make the bed for me. Very yes. nice. You know, got turn down service. Fuyo. Much better than, much better than staying and having to like. Yeah, you mean you're talking about the Ritz <laughs> lah? Turn down services all. Ah no la, Now now quite standard already. <laughs> don't don't even go on so high. Awesome awesome. Okay, so on this note, obviously we have all been revenge traveling, or rather, you know, yeah, most of us have, and. That's also part of the reason, right, why why Airbnb said they've had a stellar quarter, right? Demand has been mm. crazily through the roof, right? Everywhere we go is Airbnb. Um, for example, when I stayed in Bali, it was Airbnb. Um, and, and of course, Ulysses Villas and so on and so forth. Um, I think that's one of the things to mention, right? So growth mm-hmm. straight strong throughout 2022 because people started traveling, people started going around, and these short stays yep. became more and more in terms of demand. Um okay. So I think that's that's pretty cool. The supply remained okay. Um, mm-hmm. I do know that you know some people actually took things off Airbnb and then they had to renovate and so on and so forth before they could get it. So that mm. also, to a certain extent, could drive uh, demand. Right, demand. I'm sorry, prices up, and Airbnb yep. takes a percentage of these prices. Yep. Um, but I think another point that they wanted to bring up was the fact that. They were burnt before the rest of these tech companies that we're currently seeing over this quarter in terms of hiring too fast or hiring too much. Mm-hmm. They were burnt during COVID. So they've had to let go of a lot of people then. And they have slowly, according to them, slowly hired, which, okay. which reduces effectively the marginal increase in their bottom line. Yeah. Um, and according to them... Wait, so so yeah. they, they are saying that their headcount kind of is down even compared to pre-COVID? Yes. Yeah. Is their revenue down compared to pre-COVID, actually? Revenue is up from what they mentioned, up. 75%, which is which is pretty cool. So their revenue is at $1.9 billion, uh, mm-hmm. for the fourth quarter, uh, a bit beats the earning estimate at $1.86 billion. Um, Anthony, if you can just do a quick check versus pre-rev- pre-COVID revenue. Yeah, that, that's what I was trying to find. Let, let me go and find that now. But yes, continue. <laughs> Yes, so obviously that's beat out the expectations and because of that, people are playing, you know what, Airbnb could be a good thing. Uh, they put the money in and the price has obviously went up in, in, in terms of this, right? The question I yeah. have for you, right? Oh, is, sorry, yeah. So so their revenue is up from mm. like pre-COVID substantially, mm. actually. Mm. Yeah, it was like 4 billion, 4.8 billion 2019 and now it's 8.4 um, there we for go. the whole of 2022. There so you know. yes, quite a big jump. It is. And and I guess the question here is the fact that is this a, a short-term thing, right? That that we see Airbnb because revenge traveling was a thing in 2022. Everybody got cash, don't know what to do with it. People started traveling so and so. Do we do we think that this is going to be sustaining throughout 2023? Or do we think that's going to be some sort of a of a decrease given the you know macroeconomic pressure, the inflation, the cost of flights, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. What are your thoughts, Yanti? Actually, sorry, because I haven't stayed in Airbnb in many, many years. Mm. Are they still cheaper than hotels? It's almost competitive. Sometimes it's cheaper. So sometimes you only can stay in Airbnb because there are no hotels. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm. 
don't think. Okay, yeah, I think I think because that's the the key question to me, right? It, it's not so much about revenge travel. It, it's their market share, you know, versus like Marriotts and and all the various type of hotels, whether that's business travel or, or leisure travel, mm. right? Because you know, um, I think they have been saying that oh yeah, we've got more supply coming on, meaning that they they've got more hosts, right, and, and more places to stay, um, you know, and. And I guess part of the attraction of Airbnbs early on was that it's cheaper. But you know, if mm. it's not cheaper, then I guess the, the question is, are they still really gaining market share, you know, as against the hotels? And and so, you know, this is really something sustainable for them and, and it's really a new way of traveling and a new way of kind of like staying while on travel compared to your, you know, small hotel with one toilet, one bed and you know, call it a day type of place. Yes. Um I do believe they're so competitive in terms of, of hotels, right? Like, I mean, I'm not comparing it to Hotel 81, right? Mm. Obviously. Um, but they are still pretty much cheaper. Um, so, for example, I am going to stay in a small town just west of Melbourne. Um, and there's only one hotel. And that's a Best Western. And it's actually... Oh, that's terrible. Yes, yeah, exactly. And Airbnb. it's more expensive than the Airbnb <laughs> we picked. So, <laughs> so... And, oh yeah, and, that's true. I, I'm heading mm, to the Yara, Yara Valley in August as well. I think we are booking at Airbnb there we go. more than a hotel. Yes. And I think they already know their markets as well, right? being around for quite a while. So there are a few areas which is quite tough for Airbnb uh, to mm-hmm. penetrate through this this market share in terms of cities. But other other places, for example, London, right? For example, Australia, right? Your Melbournes, yep. your, your Sydneys. Um, these places, Airbnb is quite rampant. And I think that there's there's good market chance. That's what they want to dive down into and focus on those areas. Mm. Okay, okay, fair. So so they're kind of like building out the, their mm. you know, areas where, where they feel they can be more competitive or, or they feel that they have a value better value proposition yes. and kind of focusing on there rather than, let's say, you know, um, a hotel, uh, an Airbnb at Raffles Place, right? Because mm. plenty of hotels around, plenty of business hotels around there. Why, why even bother? I mean, besides the fact that Singapore, you know, Airbnb is quite rare, lah. I think other than landed, you can't have Airbnb, right? No, there's plenty of them. They're just illegal. That's what I mean, lah. <laughs> so, so plenty of them, you know, you go to Airbnb.com, you search Singapore, got a lot of listings, and okay. you can book them and can stay there. It's just illegal. Mm, got you. Okay, so I've actually never Googled that, but thanks, thanks. Okay, I didn't know. I thought they'd come yeah. and just bent it. Also, never stayed there, right? Because like, illegal, but yes. it, it is there. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess, and I mean, you know, that, it's also part of that home backlash against at people hoarding um, apartments for Airbnbs type of thing, right? Like, mm. I think what Portugal announced last month or last, yeah, quite quite recently that they were going to like literally ban Airbnbs or short term rentals. Right. I think Barcelona had the same thing a, a few years back. Don't know if they reversed it because they were more tourists, but yeah. you know, it's a bit of attention where they are kind of using housing stock for rent and and for short term rent to to make money. Can you imagine you BTO and then instead of like renting out or staying there to fulfill MOP, you you Airbnb, Airbnb. Or your HDB. Coffee gonna work, right? <laughs> Absolutely. People win the BTO lottery and then you go at Airbnb, it cannot be <laughs> la, you know, house is meant for staying. So so you know, I, I think that's that's kind of a, a challenge for, for them as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see. I, I think I think it's, it's sustainable, right? Like it's a brand. You you don't see an alternative you you don't see them as you don't see a competitor offering the same product, right? You you see hotels which are quite Slightly generally different. a different product. Yeah. You know, um, 
like chalets and all that, they won't scale or they might scale and then they put their listing on Airbnb anyway. So mm. you know, I, I think it's quite sustainable. It, it's a new way of travel that, that seems quite popular apparently. Mm. So why not, right? Yeah. Um, whether valuation is right, I don't know. But hey, I think they are profitable for the first time ever this quarter <laughs> as well, yeah. right? And so on, on that front, actually, they have had a few like penetrative markets. Um, mm-hmm. One big one that they wanted to talk about was Latin America during the earnings call. Right, um, they say okay. that they have had uh, gains. There's still quite a way to go in terms of Latin America, um, but they do they do see an angle in that. They're going to invest more into that. Uh, Asia Pac is recovering, and of course, Europe. Europe, they will. They say it's more for summer vacation, so they're waiting to see how it will end up this year. Mm, right. Okay. okay. Um, in terms of listings, just one last point on this. In terms of listings, they currently have nine hundred thousand more than twenty twenty one. Right, so mm. the end of twenty twenty two, it's something like six point six million listings. End of twenty twenty one, it's nine hundred thousand. I think that, in all fairness, that's not even though they said it, it's not a fair measure because twenty twenty one, it was still the tail end of COVID. Um, yep. So were people actually throwing it up? Right, so that's uh that's another point to. So well, I guess you would throw it up, just nobody will ever rent it, right? You're you're kind of like trying your luck by fishing. Mm. Mm. True, because yeah. you had nothing to do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> House empty, minus all just work. I see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Right. I mean, and, and you're and you're in economic trouble. You know, just, mm. just my house up for rent lah. If if it if it happens, great. I earn some pocket money. If it doesn't happen, then if it doesn't happen. Long, it didn't cost me anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this year, I mean, of course, I do see it as a sustainable thing. The only question here is, you know, is, like Portugal, like you mentioned, is that going to happen again? Um, throughout other countries, the other big one is the fact that, um. Will more supply come into the market? Right? Oh, actually, that would be a good thing for them if more <laughs> supply comes into the market. Yeah, because think yeah. about it, right? Things are getting more expensive. You are looking for ways to make more money. Renting out a room for one or two nights globally is probably a good thing there. Yeah, or, or if you're traveling and you want to save a bit of money, then you know, instead mm. of staying at a hotel, you, stay you stay in a room. Airbnb. So, yeah, yeah you know, I, I was at first I was thinking, hey, recession might be bad, but. I don't know, right? I think it's good and bad. It's bad in the sense that it might cut down on travel. Um, mm. We don't see signs of it yet, but you know, um, we might um, see lower travel as, as the year progresses. And you know, if, if we really do find ourselves in a recession, which means total number of bookings down, therefore bad. But you know, it could be good in the sense that on a relative basis, they, they gain more market share against hotels. Mm. Right and you know and they they get a stickiness and all that so when you know, post recession when things recover they actually end up at a higher level than than they would have been right because people tried the product they liked it <laughs> they tried the product to save money they liked it they they continue using it um more more than hotels right maybe I don't know They're all conjecture but you can see how it, it could be a good thing for them actually um mm. as long as they can maintain that the pricing and and the value proposition absolutely. Cool. Well, that's that's Airbnb. Uh, let's right. and they're profitable. Come market drop, time to buy. <laughs> market just went up for these guys. We wait for a bit. Let's see. No, no, we we, we wait for the gap to close. Mm. I think they they opened up eleven percent post earnings. Yeah. Right. Then it went up some more. Then now it's back to like their gap up price. So so just a bit, just ten more percent. Then you know it, it's going to go on a downtrend. You can probably buy a bit. To be honest. Yeah. Right. Fair Doing enough. Technical analysis. Well, look at you. <laughs> giving giving really as cuts. usual predictions. 
<laughs> no, la, no I'm not saying it's going up or down. I'm just saying if it goes down, can die. Mm, yes. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, for me, a little bit issue with Airbnb is it could be cyclical, right? Like, mm. and and in which case, yeah, how do we how do we do that? How do we handle that sort of? Is that sort of investor you want to be, right? Yeah, pr- price is still still a bit high, ten point mm. five. You know, yeah, I think I think it can probably come down a bit, given that growth isn't that great. Like, right. like you're really paying a price for it. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Deep, talking about paying a price. Uh, DBS. Yeah. <laughs> paying my price, my loan, my mortgage, all down there, bro. Tell me. Is it? Why? How is it? I mean, I, I don't actually use DBS at all. Oh, is actually? it? Yeah, I don't think about it. Yeah, I, I don't have a credit card. Oh, I have a POSB account. Uh, same, same. Kid, and it's still there. Same, same. <laughs> and and, and there's like my, my, my NS time, I set up a savings plan that... that Pretty full amount of money just gets drawn from their <laughs> account like every month. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, bad financial decisions. You know, at the time where I did not have podcasts to listen to aside, um, DBS. Shameless which, plug. And, well done. Yes, I know. I'm learning. I met Reggie for lunch today. I'm learning. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, I did not know it was Southeast Asia's largest bank. I was quite surprised by that. Um, mm. you know, but anyway, they had earnings. Uh, Record earnings again, so kind of like all the oil companies last year, they had a sixty-eight percent rise in quarterly profit um compared oh, wow. to last year. Um, they are told and yeah, their quarterly profit was two point three four billion, um, versus an estimate of two point one. So they beat estimates by like ten percent. You know, their annual profit year on year was up twenty percent, so that's great. Um, they are written on equity, which is key for a bank because of, of their equity requirements. It's 17% mm-hmm. again, very good. And how they made money was essentially pretty much interest, right? Rising interest rate. And we've talked about this since early last year. Um, you know, rising interest rate environment, banks do well because they their net interest margin goes up. You know, but this, but in addition to that, I think DBS also did well. They they accumulated a bit more AUM on the wealth management front, so they got income from that. They got fees from that. Um, they didn't do that well, you know, on the IB side and all that, which is expected because everybody did shittily over the past year. So so yeah, you know, I think overall it was a very good year. Oh, and they declared a, a special dividend of fifty cents. So in total for twenty twenty two, that hmm. is about. $2 in dividends altogether. So about 5.5-ish percent, you know, um, wow, close good. to 6% dividend you for, for DBS, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of risk-free. you got like 2 or 3% capital gain. you got 6% um, dividend. You know, dividend in 2022. Hey, 8, 9%. Very good. I, I, I don't mind my whole, um, my, my whole portfolio being in DBS. Well, <laughs> not now, but no. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, yeah. it would have been a good thing to do at the beginning Last of 2022. Year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Wow, that's uh, that's good. Good. Now you've got to give us some sort of risk for DBS, right? Oh, of course. There's Can there's I... always there's so much risk, right? Uh, and yes, <laughs> so I'm going to talk about it, Adani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, so yes. I, I think the the one thing that so I think all the earnings are that people kind of expected. You know, the the one thing that they announced during the earnings call was that, oh, they have about a $1.3 billion exposure to Adani, um, like mm. the, the, the target of the short selling report, um, primarily because they, they were one of the lenders in the loan to, in the most recent loan to buy out a cement business in India, right? 
Right. So that one point three billion, and I mean what what they said, and I think this is probably right, is that you know the whole acquisition and the whole financing for the acquisition was done pretty much on a you know non recourse basis, a very classic um, leverage finance acquisition type of transaction, which means that you know as a lender you get security over all of the operating assets. Um, mm. So if they default on the loan, you just you kind of take, take over the assets or you sell them, that sort of thing, and you recover your loan, yeah. right? So so it will be very heavily secured. You know, it will it, it's kind of ring fence off from like the broader problems of the identity group, mm. right? And and I mean question marks about what actual problems the identity group operationally they are, but you know, at least from DBS's perspective, their risk is largely contained to an operating business that they have you know, full security over. They, and if it doesn't work, you know, and, and so a short seller's report doesn't really matter unless there's like real fraud or which shouldn't be the case because it's, it was an outsider company, right? Which is just bought. Mm. So it, it can't even have been fraud two years ago unless the seller had fraud. You know, it's not an identity issue. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah you know, it, it sounds all quite plausible that, hey, this is a risk that is well managed. La, so and, good and for that. Yeah, well mitigated. Cool. So I think. While you and I might know about the Adani uh, issues, why don't you tell the coconuts out there who may not really know what's going on with Adani? Just quick two, three lines. Oh, uh, how do you listen to three? Okay, yeah. So Adani is, I think, <laughs> the, India's largest conglomerate. Are they, are they the largest now or is it Reliance? Uh, I don't know Adani, if they're actually. the biggest, but I do know they're pretty massive. Right. Yeah, and, and their owner, like Gautam Adani, is, was for a while the world's richest man. Mm. Right or, or second richest or third richest something like that. Um, and now it's relegated to fourteen. So you know, boohoo. <laughs> lost <laughs> lost hundred and ten billion. Uh. <laughs> yeah, lo- lo- lost hundred and ten billion. But still fourteen, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So so he he owns it. Did, um, Adani pretty much does old school heavy industry. So like cement, you know, ports, power plant, mm. all, all my type of assets, like You know, <laughs> like real assets in in <laughs> India, right? And and renewable projects, all that kind of um, random stuff as well. And yeah, so they're listed and, you know, I think we'll have been a month plus back now, this this mm-hmm. short US short seller Hindenburg came out and said, hey, you know, um, in, in the vein of all short sellers, you guys are frauds, you're, you are pumping up a share price for nothing. There's a lot of related party transactions that you are not declaring, which is really all meant to boost your share price. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there are various other issues like, oh, your, your accounting control is not good. You know, this can't be right. That, that sort of stuff, right? The, the typical short sellers um, blaster. And that led to a very, very big price drop in all the various Adani list calls, um, which, and because some of these had their shares pledged to um, to banks to secure loans, um, led to margin calls on those loans as well which Adani has managed to pay back so far. So so there's been a bit of a cascading effect. Um, Adani has kind of managed to hold it back for now. But in, in the interim, they were planning to raise more equity. That, that plan has now been cancelled. So, so there's been some sort of like, you know, um, short-term effect to this. And short sellers made huge tons of money out of it. So I think that's about it. The, the fear... As, as always, is whether there was really fraud in, in mm. all these accounting practices and all that. Right. Because then it's not only Adani group in trouble, right? It's all the lenders to the Adani group who are also in trouble. You know, I think Total, which has co-invested with Adani in a lot of Indian projects, has said about like three billion worth of Indian projects has said, guys, we are we are pausing for now until this mm. thing blows over. Yeah. Um 
so so there are you know flow on effects. We are probably just seeing the beginning of it, but you know if it does eventuate that there was fraud, and like this is pretty much the biggest. Yeah, this will be one of the biggest like frauds in in history, right? Because this is pretty much the largest or second largest company in India, which yeah. is amazing. But you yeah. know, exactly. So ongoing investigations and so on, right? Because I do know Adani is now spending money on on legal and stuff like this. They they do. They are spending tons of money on legal. They they hired um Tri Legal, I think, in India and walk. No, sorry, they had Amashan in, in India, which is like India's mm. largest law firm, um, and walk in the US to kind of defend the short seller claims I think mm. the, the short sellers report was like two, 200 pages long or something um, Adani published a defense of an rebuttal which was like 80 pages with 300 pages of appendices <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I don't know if anybody actually read it I, I did not right no. um, I, I don't buy Adani shares I can't short Adani shares so I, I really have no no horse in this fight except how it might affect DBS and all, all our other you know mm. dear lenders um, who, who have exposure to the Indian market so so yeah you know it's quite um, it's quite interesting battle to, to see play out we'll, we'll see what happens I mean it, it's a good thing um, I think for India if it brings their corporate governance um, out of One not the dark ages yeah Right, <laughs> where where you you have things being secured just because you have a very famous promoter that that is very happy to put their name behind a loan, so you know I, I think this can be a good thing even if you know Adani falls by the wayside. Fair enough. So we digress. Any other risks yes. with uh, DBS? Um, I think well, two two big risks. Right, one is you know sticking with India. Um. DBS has been this a very has been India and China a very key part of their growth plans, mm-hmm. right? And you know while the Adani loan might have been I think done quite well, um, you know they have also been trying to aggressively get market share in India. So and and I think yes. that that's the worry, right? You don't know how you know when they were trying to get market share. Did they compete on pricing? You know, did they compete on like? You know, covenants in the sense that they gave less restrictive loans to to businesses, in, in which case they're less protected, or they you know took less security. Essentially, they they loosen their credit standards, right, to to make the loan. Um, mm. so I think that's the part that's a bit of an unknown. I don't know why analysts did not ask about that, but you know, I mean that that's the the, the clear follow on effect to Adani, right? That all of these other Indian enterprises, like the tide goes out. Of India, all of these other Indian enterprises get found out to be like, hey, shit, you know, they are they are way overlevered, you know, under collateralized, and DBS being very aggressive in lending into their market has been caught shorthanded, mm. right? So, so I think that that is the the risk that is a bit unknown. Uh, probably one going not going to happen because they are still Singaporean, they are still, you know, um, quite conservative, but you never know, right? You've definitely seen, you know banks loosen credit standards to make loans that they shouldn't have made right? and, and then lawyers come exactly. in and restructure the whole thing which is why we get paid but you know not, <laughs> not, not the point here um, the, the second is you know if, if there's a real recession in this region then uh, banks don't do well in recessions right people default rates go up and you know mm. that kind of stuff so yeah you know it's not necessary like they did well last year doesn't necessarily mean you know this year or and next year will be as favorable for them yeah, yeah, fair. I think that's yeah. I hope. I mean, I think Singapore is. What would it be on uh, interest rates wise? Right, three point, three point something. If three, I'm not mistaken. Three plus. Right? 
yeah, three plus. Um, and DBS would have you know, taken into account these risks. I remember we were talking about one of the other banks uh, a while back. Um, I think it was late last year, Anthony, about how they're holding more cash because they are expecting defaults. I think it was Santander. I'm not sure. Um, oh. Bank uh, in the UK. Um, at least there were a few banks that were that were oh, yeah. expecting defaults from from that. Yes. Um, did Did DBS mention anything like that or? Um, no, so they actually loosen their loan provisioning. So what typically happens is that, you know, at, at every bank financial statement, there's a line item that says, you know, these are the amounts you provision for bad debts, mm. right? Um, and typically before a recession or when you anticipate that a recession is imminent, you start provisioning more. And that, that's what they did in 2020. Was COVID 2020? Yeah, mm, 2020. Right. Um, in, in COVID where it is, oh, we, expected, we expect lots of losses, you know, and we provision for a lot more, which, which never came to pass because the government, you know, started chucking money and then firing the, the bazooka at everybody, right? To, yes, to keep yes. people afloat. Spend money, spend. Spend money. And, and they also, you know, <laughs> um, enforce like loan moratoriums. DBS cannot like call for repayment and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and then, so... But, you know, just for this earnings, they do, I don't think they have actually, they actually might have decreased their loan provisioning. Um, so, you know, probably as part of the release of whatever they had accumulated through COVID, right. you know, rather than rather than saying that, oh, it's great. I mean, it's just a bit of a lowering of the levels um, because that makes their profit number look better. Right? But, but at the end of the day, maybe you should... Pro- lowered it a bit more to get 69% um, instead of 68%. <laughs> but I mean, besides that, you know, yeah, they, they didn't say too much about it. Of course, they mentioned, oh yeah, macro got hit wins. We might not do as well next this year. You know, manage expectations a bit. But right. if you look at their financials, they, they haven't actually actively positioned themselves for more write-downs in debt. Got it. Got it. And do you think that's a risk or you think actually they, if need to, they, they have... If you do, they will, right? Or, or they, they'll do it in the next earnings. Um, it's probably right that we are not in like imminently getting a recession. You know? Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Awesome, man. Thanks for that. Uh, let's move on to our last story, Hutchinson Port. So All you right. say what? This is in US, yeah, it's so in China, Hong are, Kong, listed in Singapore, pay USD. They are a port operator. They, they own, I think, two or three ports um, in Hong Kong and, and Shenzhen. And yeah, so, so they're part of the Hutchison Group, which is um, mm. Hong Kong's largest or second largest conglomerate um, behind Jadin or in front of Jadin Medicine, right? Yeah. So, you know, um, then they are listed in Singapore and they trade in US dollars or Hong Kong dollars. I don't think they trade. They, they don't trade in Singapore dollars, which is extremely frustrating. And it's like literally a penny stock. It's like 20 cents um, <laughs> USD, right? And then the next jump is like 20.5 cents. So every day they go up by 2%, go down by 2%. It's a 0.5 <laughs> cents. <laughs> each move is 0.5 cents. Each move is 2%. It's, it's, it's quite fun to play. <laughs> yeah, oh, so I just bought up, up, up five, 5 cents. <laughs> yeah, no, it's up half a cent and it's half like two percent move. It's like hooray. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, the other day they paid they, they went ex dividend and then they paid what I think two cents in dividend, so it went down ten percent a day, you know, five percent a day. And they go like huh? what happened? Why <laughs> did it go down five percent? <laughs> um and yeah, if if you are one of those like old timer, we go 
talk about those old timers like Singapore investors, they'll absolutely mm. hate this stock because it was one of the big IPOs. I think back in 2020, 2010, 2011, you know, post um, GFC, people looking forward to the Chinese boom, mm. it IPO at 95 cents. Oh, but you said so, now so low? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Right. That's, why, that's why they remember it. <laughs> <laughs> IPO at 94 cents and went straight down it. Um, went up it and then went down again. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, that, that's why like, I remember talking about that. That was like, what sort of shit company are you buying? I was like, oh, okay. Well. So, um, yeah, but <clears throat> I mean, you know, history aside and background aside, I think, mm. you know, they, they also had earnings last week. They Their net profit was 200 million, 1 billion um, Hong Kong dollars or just above a billion Hong Kong dollars. 37% down from last year. Wow. Right? So, okay. so it's, 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 not, it's not really growing. It's down. Um, I think partially because, well, 2022, what happened in Hong Kong and China, right? Mm. Um, you closed your ports for a bit. Um, you had You had to do a lot more to operate the ports yeah. they had mm. a closed loop system so everybody had to be within the port you couldn't let people leave you know they, they increased operating costs and and, not, yeah. and you didn't have as much shipping that went through la. Got so okay. I think that pretty much accounted for the whole thing um, but what I thought was quite interesting you know because one is because you know, China zero COVID that seems to have ended right don't know, don't know whether they'll return again but probably unlikely no, to the, for an asset heavy company, right? Its price to book is like zero point four, zero point five. So, so literally, oh. okay. yeah. So, so they are value at half the book value of their assets. Well, technically, this is this is a investment opportunity. Then, see value, right? We are, we are mm. going back to our value roof. Look at example. this. But Singapore of companies like that. You go and look at all those like small property developers. Hong Kong land, uh, 0.6 <laughs> price to book. It's, it's, it's quite r- ridiculous. Um, and, and you always wait for the valuation gap to close and it never closes. Um, but while you're waiting, right? Um, even in 2022, when they had such a big drop in net profit, um, they still declared, 14 and a half Hong Kong cents dividend. So that's about two two plus cents US. Mm. So so they have about 10% dividend you, right? Slightly less than 10% dividend you, which is hooray, la, you know? I mean, that, that's yeah. a good dividend you by, by all measures. Yeah. Um, and they are operating cash flow more than supports their dividend you, right? So, so it's not like a Singtel situation where they were kind of drawing on past reserves or past equity to pay dividends. Yeah. Um, they, here they are still operating well. They they still have more than enough cash to to pay out dividends. So you know, not bad. Okay, okay, cool. So can pay the debt, can hand out the dividends. China is opening, yeah. right? Because it's not like last time. Book zero point. What is it? Four. Yeah. Look, look, zero point four, zero point five. You know, I think after today's drop off. Um, Sorry, today it increased by 0.1 cents right, because it mm-hmm. dropped below 20 cents. This is the only part I think we need to get over, right? <laughs> it's it's no, increased I mean, by... It's, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's, there's a few parts, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, and and this this came out in the news today which in, in, on Chinese Asia, which is why I kind of thought it was interesting. Mm. So, you know, when earnings came out, I think last week, two weeks back, um, I wanted to talk about it last week, but 
uh, budget, yep. so cannot. Um, yes. They had, they, I was looking through a financial, was like, because I own quite a bit of it. I was like, oh yeah, I know it, it all looks good. China reopening next, next year, that year after, mm. should be fine, you know. Mm. And, you know, and I mean, as shipping normalizes and, and all that, you know, we will recover or we will, or this will be the worst it gets, essentially. Right? right, 2022 was the worst year ever. They still made more than enough money. So even if there's no growth for the foreseeable future, until 2025, when they actually have a new port coming online and they own it, or they own like 40% of it, mm. you know, this is great. You know, I, I don't mind sitting here earning 10%. You, <laughs> if it goes up to like 25 cents, which is a 20% return, I'll sell and wait for it to come back down again. Right? Yeah. You, you, it, it's one of those stocks that you can just play with for, for like eons. Then I read this article on Chinese Asia today. It's like, oh, you know, um, speaking really specifically about Yantian ports, which is the one of the three ports that they own, and going, oh, the port is the most filled up it's ever been with empty containers. Uh oh. So, so everybody's putting containers there. There's no shippers <laughs> going out. Jesus. <laughs> right. The, the, the truck drivers are complaining that we don't have work because you know there's there's oh, a few shit. No. Oh, no. right? and, and partially and we, we saw signs of it um, at the end of last year with decreasing you know shipment volumes to US and the EU right and I guess it's really just continued or, or been exacerbated this year as you know people start cutting down um, monetary policy bites um, a bit of geopolitics where people start yeah, you know tensions, yeah. trying to import less from China and, and mm-hmm. they, they might have moved their factories to like India or Southeast Asia so yeah, I was like, oh, this might be quite a big headwind, right? It's something yeah. to monitor. Yeah, 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 fair. Oh, wow. Still, dividend was good so last yeah, year. This is a tough one. Price to book was is very attractive, but we got to see the technical, we got to see the history of the price to book as well. Has it ever been one? Yeah, um, maybe an IPO? Uh, Let, let's check. <laughs> yeah, maybe an IPO 11 years ago. IPO um, 94 cents, now 19 cents, bro. Yeah, I know. Amazing, right? 80% haircut. But it took 11 years. And you got paid like 10% dividends every year, right? It's it's not snap where you fell 80% in one year. Yeah. yeah. Right? Think about it. Exactly. <laughs> not that bad. Okay. But anyway, True. price to book. Um, At least according to Tiger, which is never, which, which can be a bit, you know, iffy sometimes. Oh, I don't think it's ever reached one. Um, highest it went was like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7. Okay. So which now is not too, it's still 4. like 20%, you know, yeah. 30% upside from here. So yeah. that's, that's not, not too bad. Too decent. Bad. Yeah. Cool. That That is a toughie. Uh, Coconuts, this is for you to decide. Obviously, we don't give financial advice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but interesting, I thought that, hey, it is quite fine. Like, oh, how do you balance mm. this, you know? Yeah. Is China really going to struggle? I guess one last thing to complete the picture is when all these containers are stored at the port, they are actually collecting revenue from it. They they, they charge mm. a storage fee. So so there is some you know revenue being earned by hoarding or literally these doing nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, by literally doing nothing and, and giving up space. Um it's just I guess not as lucrative as the the, the, the shipment volume, right? Or yeah. or the charging for the shipment volume. So you no, know, it could be a worse year. Um, mm. in which case, might be a bit of a struggle. But I think they they have historically had super super strong support at you know nineteen cents, twenty cents. Um, even at height of COVID, um, it went down to like eighteen, seventeen cents. So 
How yeah, much lower can it, it go, right? Mm. Yeah, how much lower? I mean, it can go to zero, but that's only 20 cents away, right? <laughs> <laughs> Compared to $300 to zero, that's $300 away, right? It is like 20 yeah, cents away. Yeah. You, you drop, drop, drop. <laughs> I reached 10 cents already. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, first time I see, oh, they have half cent increments. Ah. Wow. Then you buy like 50,000 you know, shared lots because <laughs> you need to make, buy a substantial amount. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, and, and Thermasic, um, ultimate yes. back holder that they are, still have 15% stake in it. Oh, <laughs> through, through PSA. <laughs> so, so yeah, Thermasic, really long-term investors. Right from the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Cool. Well, that was a that was a tough one, coconuts. If you have invested in Hutchinson, just like Anthony, or know a bit more about it, want to give your thoughts, do drop us a note on our Telegram group. Yes, we need to play this like a small dodgy mm. trust or reads that pay out ten. 8 to 15, 10% yes. uh, yeah. Yeah, eight to fifteen percent <laughs> dividends, with, and then we go like, oh, what the hell are they doing? You know, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, coconuts. Those are the three stories as usual. Ooh, a bit of a long one today. Yeah, nice. I think talking about ports and banks, right? <laughs> I mean, talk about this guy, uh, you know, half our listeners have just fallen asleep. So <laughs> good. Hopefully, they listen to our last last episode right? <laughs> and they continue down the playlist. <laughs> awesome, folks. All right, we'll see you all next week. Hope you all are ready for the stories next week and hopefully you all, hopefully you all are listening to our budget as well in our other podcasts yes all right yeah the awesome. budget has been really exciting uh, more social mm. than financial but yeah that, that's actually yeah. Quite fun <laughs> awesome on that note we'll see you all next week bye all right see you bye thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me Rakesh and trust that you learned something today if you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.